Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 128 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin Phoenix to Fire Ford, and joining me in the orange sidewinder for this episode are our chief bar steward, Commander PsychoCal. Good evening. Our head of entertainment, Commander Thane himself, Chris Jarvis. Hello, folks. How you doing? And returning from uh, jail, effectively, where she's been keeping certain members of the community under under lock and key, is our head of security, Lisa Vu. Greetings, commanders. And we have the commander Karash himself. Hello, Karash. <laughs> Hello. Hello. If uh, might as well warn anybody now, if you have any dogs or any um, any any pets with sensitive hearing, <laughs> just just be very very careful when when Karash is is excited. I'm sure our Labrador and our rabbits are just there going, "What the heck's that?" Anyway, um, as usual, we are doing our uh, usual things. Unfortunately, not in. Uh, not in beta tonight. Um, so we'll just go around the table and uh, see what everybody's been up to for the last week or so. So we'll start with, well, Mr. Thane, I believe we had some uh, some good releases over the weekend. Oh, good releases? I don't know anything about that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had episode three of series three of Escape Velocity uh, went live Sunday night. Um, for those of you that were paying attention, this was a slightly longer gap from the previous episode because uh, I knew I had a bunch of stuff to do. And um, so, as, as you may know, the so the series is supported through Patreon and we've got various people backing it to help make the show. And these guys, um, some of them get in, you know, invited, depending on their pledge level, they get invited to like behind the scenes streams. And one of the things that I do is I sit down and I edit an episode kind of like live in front of them to answer questions about the the audio editing process and that sort of thing and i sat down with them to edit a scene for this upcoming episode and i was like oh i haven't got the dialogue for this character oh i think i might not have recorded this actor's scenes i better phone oh. this person <laughs> so i then had to very suddenly arrange to get uh, liam who plays dallas in to come in and record the rest of his dialogue because i'd completely forgotten because we, we hadn't had much time when he'd come in to record first time we'd actually skipped ahead so because i had recordings of him for later episodes i thought oh yeah he's done up so he's done like up till episode four or five but actually we jumped over some of his scenes that were earlier in the series so i was like oh nuts i really need liam to come in and record this stuff like right now so uh, that was a that was a bit of a, a genuine surprise on air <laughs> so slightly worrying moment um but yeah episode three went out sunday night people seem to have enjoyed it um and uh yeah we've got so it'll be another two weeks to the next episode i don't really know what else to say about it so we're at the halfway point for this series series three um if you've missed the episodes you can go to escapevelocity.liveradio.com where you can download the well everything up to date series one and two as well um there's links on there if you want to support via patreon there's t-shirts and mugs on radiotheatreworkshop.com. I don't know what else to say about it that I haven't already said recently. Um, but yeah, new episode went out Sunday night, so do go and look for that if you um, are into it and haven't heard it yet. 
Oh, that, that's excellent. Um, I've already listened to the episode myself. Very impressed. Didn't expect the ending, which is what you want. Good, good, so, good. Grant, what have you been up to for the last week? Well, we sold my aunt's house. It finally sold. Um, it sold within a week of going on the market, which was amazing. So that's more paperwork, but at least it's all the major worries off my uh, back and uh, can get on with doing all the other bits and pieces that we've got to do with my grand's estate. It's just, you know, it just it seems to be there's so much rubbish to get through in solicitors and they all want to take their fee and do bits that are completely pointless. Like, you know, well, no, I've done that. Oh, yeah, but we need to verify it. Really, do you? Do you? Uh, and it's an awful lot of that. And I also finished, finally managed to finish my journey to Jack's Station for my first visit to it, this time in a proper ship, kitted out properly for exploration, and I managed to get there within the space of two weeks. Uh, considerably <laughs> better than being not even halfway after four weeks. Doing 12 light year jumps is no fun. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, but yeah, I'm all out here now, and I don't think there was anything interesting come up this week. We're hoping to get another cinema trip this week to go and see Miss Peregrine's Home for the Peculiar, something Susie's desperate to go and see. But we kind of overdid it on Friday and she's not quite recovered yet um, from uh. a, a shopping trip to a place. Uh, I'm not familiar. I don't know if anyone else is. I mean, obviously, Ikea is my idea of hell. Um, and this yes, kind, definitely. Of, <laughs> kind of felt the same but not as bad B&M. Which obviously oh. I, I think stands for. Oh my god, that is my wife's favourite shop. It's mine as as well. She's there at the moment. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, it's just full of knickknacks and and cheap food. Yeah. So <laughs> plastic tat. <laughs> it was the same. Ah, well, yes. Well, moving on. <laughs> they do sell really cheap Branston beans, though. If you like the Branston beans. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now, we have someone from over the other side of the pond at the moment who's, who's suffering from uh, a bad case of electionitis, as well as other illnesses, but we're very pleased to meet her, uh, have her back again. Is Hello, Lisa. How you been? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I've not, not been around for a little while. Uh, so... Yeah, most people know that I moved to the States uh, and then I promptly got really ill in lots of many and varied and interesting ways. So I've managed to experience the full spectrum of the US medical system, uh, <laughs> uh, costs included, which is terrifying, just so you know. And um, yeah, so I've been recovering from major surgery, which is why I haven't been around present an awful lot because actually sitting at a computer for several hours a day is actually very difficult. I'm better now, so um, hence me popping my head in, um, which will hopefully mean I'll get to come and talk to you guys and, and do a bit more elite related things but um oh twinkly um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no other than that i'm pretty good yes the election is terrifying uh very very scary times <laughs> you may find me moving back to the uk sooner than expected i don't know but then again yeah <laughs> other than that i'm good thank you ah uh, well that brings us on to our our guest for the evening uh commander crash how have you been it's been a while it has been a while. Yes, very busy, as you can imagine. I'm always busy, but uh, no, there's this, there's this, um, there's this space game thing which is is in beta at the moment. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, I've been very busy with that. 
been, oh, it, yes. It, yes, yeah, yeah. It's been a good week. I mean, seven updates. Oh, God. It, it's been really, really hard to keep up with everything that's going on. The forums have been on fire, but in a good way, which is great <laughs> but it's uh, yeah it's, it's been really nice to see uh it's it's been such a fantastic release with this i mean lots of people have been really enthusiastic about it so you know there's there's been a few little hiccups here and there i think we're, we'll probably get on some of that later but it's uh yeah overall it's been really really fantastic and very busy but uh but great overall it's good excellent well um as far as myself is concerned well um at this moment in time i'm i'm putting together a a uh a new top shift uh, regarding some of the exploration issues or, uh, explore, or a tutorial how to do a little bit of exploration. Um, I've just hit Ranger, so that was that was quite a, a nice surprise out of nowhere. So um, apart from that in-game, I think it, it's fair to say that my side projects at the moment have taken priority So uh, and family life. So unfortunately, I haven't made as much progress with uh, creative writing and so on as I'd like to. But that being aside, we have uh, two bits of news for, for every, or all, all our listeners. Uh, our first bit of news is congratulations to uh, our fellow commander, Ben Mosswoodwood, uh, Commander Edelweiss. And he is not with us at the moment due to the fact he is now a dad again. We, a little baby girl was born on, I think it was Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Something early, like that. early hours of Monday morning, I think it was, yeah. Uh, I, I do believe her name's Luna. So, uh, yes, congratulations, Ben. Um, get as much sleep as you can, and uh, hope, hopefully <laughs> she'll be sleeping through in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we all know that's not true. Uh, but on a more somber note, we do have to send out our sympathies to our own commander, Alan Stroud. Um, unfortunately, there has been uh, some f sad family uh, bereavements and uh, everybody in the, the Orange Sidewinders does send uh, our best wishes and sympathies to you at this time. Now, um, moving on, we can quickly discuss... And it has to be quickly discussed because Newsletter 146 came out and there really wasn't much in there. Um, there was a little teaser, uh, a review of the, of the, of the lowdown with, uh, with uh, Zach and Sandy. Uh, but apart from that, was, was there anything else there that um, caught anybody's eyes? Yeah, well, I think that the, the teaser was quite nice. Um, I, I did take some time to freeze frame it. Uh, <laughs> get some, get some, as, as you do, you've got to do these things. When any kind of information comes out of Frontier, you have to go over it with a fine-tooth comb and pick out every grain of sand on every surface of every planet and see if there's something interesting in there. You know? You've got to do it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there, there was a couple of things. I think it, it, I, I can forgive them for the newsletter being a little bit short because you know, they're kind of busy um, with all, the, with all the, the multiple betas and whatnot that's coming out. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's got a couple of nice little things. The uh, I think the uh, there was a little snippet you could see of some of the organic structures, which I don't believe anyone's found in beta yet. Actually, no, some of these kind no, of they uh, you know, these interesting growths, almost like coral growths on the surface of planets. Um, and of course, the thing that was uh, that was hinted at uh, the elite meet like a couple of weeks back was the. Uh, Looks like an, an abandoned settlement of some description, which is uh, intriguing. Again, I want to find one of these. Yeah, uh, I mean, I must admit, the uh, 
Uh, I take it there was no dolphin hidden away in the little teaser that was in the video. <laughs> no, but lots lots of questions start asking us, where is it? You know, on the on the yeah. live stream the other day. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not, that, not, not that we're stirring things a bit. Well, we're going to have a dolphin named Willy and we can free Willy. <laughs> no, he was an orca. We've already got an orca. Oh, I'm getting my mammals all mixed up again. Anyway, um, now on top of that, we are now up to beta 7 point, uh, of, of the 2.2. So um, has anybody actually really gone into depth with the latest changes? I know I've done a couple of things with it, but um, what did... Um, has anybody done any piracy with the with the new limpets or anything yes. like that? Yes, <laughs> it's great fun. I um I kind of I got my yar on the other the other week. Um, <laughs> as soon as, as soon as Sandra mentioned that the uh, the hatchbreaker limpets were now going to bypass shields, which I think is is a great change. Because when you think about it, uh, the thing the thing with piracy, it has to be some quick action. You you, you want to make it so. You get in, you steal cargo, you get it. You don't want to be causing damage. You don't want to be destroying people. Really, if you want to be doing piracy correctly, you want to get the cargo as quickly as possible and get out with minimal collateral damage to you or your victim, effectively, because all of that is going to eat into your profits. Um, so I think it's a fantastic change. It's, uh, they've also been sped up slightly. Uh, mm-hmm. So they accelerate quicker, they, they get to the target quicker, uh, and they will latch on uh, without uh, having to bring the shields down. I think it's all fantastic changes. Uh, Sandra did also mentioned that it, it's only the first in a in a series of changes they're considering for piracy so hopefully we'll get some some more interesting things coming in um but i i definitely enjoyed it it was um really really fun to get into back a bit of piracy yeah well i mean i've done this i've done the same myself i did a whole lot of um uh testing with with the piracy stuff uh i must admit that the latest fix that they put in in beta 7 was that the uh the defense, what is it, the uh, point defense turrets can actually now shoot down your hatchbreakers. Mm. Yes. And I must admit, that I think that was the one thing that I thought was missing. It's just to give the, the trader that little bit more of a defense uh, against, uh, against a, a pirate. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I was quite impressed with that. Um, another change that came along which has caused a little bit of controversy, which we'll be able to... I think go into it in more detail later. Um, has anybody seen the new changes that they've made to exploration just for this beta? I haven't seen them, but I've heard about uh, them. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I've I've heard all the noise. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah. I, I take it you're referring to the to the system map changes. Yeah. yeah. Um, to tell you the truth, I think we'll go over to that one later. I mean, mm-hmm. was there anything else in the, in that latest update seven that uh, jumped out at people? What for exploration in, or in general? Oh, just in general. We'll come back to the exploration fun stuff later. Yeah, I, I, so correct. There's, there's the, the 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 fighters not being able to ram and be used as a way of getting people blown up. That's now no longer counted as illegal. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Proper kamikaze pilots. That's the way to do it, isn't it? <clears throat> uh, and the, the other one that made me giggle was fixed missing parts of starports. I just, I just love the idea of going to dock and go, oh, my pad's missing. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it true that Hutton Orbital is actually an orbit station in the beta? 
Or is that just a, a, that's, that's a sly Hutton, no, Hutton trucker thing to get out there? And and they're selling anacondas for 100 credits. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> I think no, I've just answered my own question there. It, it is actually a Coriolis, because we asked, can we keep it? <laughs> they said no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. To be fair, so they should, there should be enough there. scrap metal at Hutton now to build pretty much whatever they like. They could build a Dyson sphere at Alpha Centre <laughs> right now, the amount of scrap metal people have taken to Hutton. I mean, actually, the the planet around um, Hutton Orbital, Eden, isn't that the one that um, everybody is saying, actually, there is a planet around Alpha Proxomy? They've just said they've detected a planet in exactly the same place? Yeah, there is, actually. And uh, Earth, Earth Soyuz is somewhere in the region, uh, and it's within the... Uh, the fabled Goldilocks zone. So I think there's there's a potential of it having liquid water. So uh, yeah, it's nice to see yet again uh, David's models of the galaxy uh, p- predicting things ahead of time, which is really nice. <laughs> so yeah, it's the, the Goldilocks the... zone. Is that where you get to a planet and some bugger's already discovered it? Yeah, yeah. Having a full of porridge. Oh yeah, covered in porridge. Is <laughs> that fin scanning my moon? Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so, well, to be to be honest, I mean, because things have been moving along so, um, well, breezingly well, actually, for this beta, and to be honest, I don't think there's been much in the way of um, real negativity about any of the major features. However, it does seem that the, the minor features do seem to be kicking off a little. Um, we yeah, first had people, the... I think, you know, if, if people aren't complaining on the internet, I think they're just sitting there like, oh, I haven't complained about anything for a while. I must I must not be using my subscription to the internet. I should therefore do some complaining. Sorry, I'm being, I'm being grumpy old man this evening. Um, I think the only thing I would say is that, I mean, because I think it has gone pretty smoothly as a, as a, in terms of beta and has been quite stable. But there's obviously been... There's obviously something going on behind the scenes or something in relation to the features that are being rolled out, because I think we got we went from a position of being fairly confident that 2.2 was incoming reasonably quickly. And people were sort of saying, oh, is it not going to be a very long beta and things like that to actually now at this point where we're several weeks into the beta and we still don't have any clear idea of, of actually when it's going to be released. So I think there must be I'm trying to work out if it's just the ship transfer thing that's caused the delay but they seem to have implemented that without really too many problems um so i'm just wondering you know what it is that's kind of is there some element of kind of scope creep on the the features for 2.2 or is it just that you know maybe behind the scenes it's thrown up some stuff that doesn't work quite as they were expecting crash well i think that's um (laughs) <laughs> this is the first major update for them where they've actually kind of shifted their the development uh, model in, in the background to uh, kind of this more of this incremental style. So I think uh, there's some of that there which which is starting to come through. But I think that's that's great because they they really are uh, picked up on a lot of the things that were causing issues players and and then they they've uh, jumped on those really quickly, managed to kind of iterate on that and fix it. So. Lisa? Yeah, I guess it's very similar to what Crash just said. Uh, they seem to be um, they seem to be practicing, I guess, 
in what you call in software development more uh, agile methodology so like you said iteration that kind of thing i mean if anybody saw the live stream um San sandra was was surprised at how many iterations they've managed to get out the door and wasn't sure how many more that we might see though they have kind of put a hard limit on that now with this weekend them doing the beta bash so i think that's gonna show i think that's going to be where our, our sort of our cap for this particular beat is going to be personally yeah i mean for for those of you who have not heard um this weekend um zach has announced that there's going to be a massive um all-in beta bash to really hammer the servers um speculation on the forums is that um this is the last big hurrah before that it finally goes live but of course nothing has been confirmed as of yet so i mean talking about the uh, uh zach and uh, uh sandy and the space loach um the the two of them were uh, on a uh, uh doing a live stream about uh the progress that they've had on on the beta so far uh so i mean is anybody well i know everybody's seen it i as everybody what what feedback would you give to them on that is it just keep on going or yeah i i, I think so i mean it was it's great to get some word of mouth feedback i think sandro showing that they really want to try and answer every single question that everyone's got if they can and he, and he absolutely just hammered that home on that stream it was like he went through literally dozens and dozens of questions uh, and was you know really candid with them as well you know it's nice for him to come up and, and say some things like no we don't really want to do that uh, you know which a lot of people wouldn't really do you, mm. you you get all these people you know in, in some streams and, and videos and stuff it's like you've always got someone trying trying to please everyone trying to trying to come up with the answer that everyone wants to hear and stuff like that but it was really nice for for sandy to literally just come out and say the things that he thought were bad ideas the things that the they didn't want to consider the things that um they have considered but weren't they weren't going to implement and things like that so that was really nice to get some good honest feedback from them and uh, you know just that interaction so definitely i think more of that would be fantastic I agree with Karash. I think Frontier are at their best when they're able to answer freely and not, I guess, not worry about people's feelings too much. <laughs> like, no, some of the best conversations I've ever had with some of the people from Frontier, all of which are lovely, and I'm, I'm, I'm very considerate, um, are, when, are when they're able to, to be honest with you and uh, and be open and yeah okay it ruffles some feathers sometimes but seeing seeing sandy like like john said seeing sandy be able to to answer things in um in the way that he did uh i i think i think that's what the community needs uh in general and more of and uh yeah no i think it's good and it's nice to see zach on the stream instead of ed for a little bit just kidding <laughs> I think Ed's been busy on the roller coasters lately. So, yeah, he's I mean, on holiday. Of... Don't give him that much credit. I thought he was. I thought he was doing Alpha Coaster oh. for a. No, he was back. For a while, but he was. Oh, the coaster streams have been good. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing the biscuit oh, reviews right. today um, with with Bo. So, yeah, he's back at work and ready to to do to, to more ridiculous streaming. <laughs> <laughs> Is he taking notes from you then, Grant? 
Well, no, they've not got that bad. And, uh, obviously, you know, I think the the Hutton Truckers, um, what was it they called? The Educating Ed was the first time that he swore live on stream. And I'm not saying that truckers make you swear, but uh, they do, though. <laughs> we do, uh, yes. and it was it was very good. But yeah, today's stream was good. I saw their uh, one with Zach a couple of weeks ago where they were eating the chilies on stream, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh god, yeah. no one ever in the history of chilies has ever said this tastes great. They've never. It's just no one does that. So why bother? <sighs> yeah, I mean, uh, there was a little bit of. Um, I think I'll have to use this because it, it seems to have ever since No Man's Sky has has come out. Uh, it's the the term seems to be there seems to be a bit of salt, which I don't know where this term's come from. All of a sudden, it's something. <laughs> Salty. Nasty... It comes from Twitch. It comes from Twitch. Does it? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I never knew. You see, this is the other thing that I was going to talk about. I'm out that out of touch with the modern speak, which makes me a forum dad. Not apparently. down with the lingo, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> but there was one thing where um, someone asked about controlling the capital ships, uh, and uh, Sandy said no. Player controlled carrier ships or capital ships, no. And um, the thing was that someone <laughs> then on Reddit went, um, "Yes, they did. They promised that in the Kickstarter," <laughs> which was. One of these vague promises, which says, "Oh yes, we might do that in a uh, in a uh, a future update way down long, way down the line," and you kind of there thinking that, "Hang on a second, they've said that the you know that is well off. There's no need to really kick off about it when you know it's going to be that far down the line." But apart from that, um, I didn't find that much to complain about. I thought it was. Can I, um, can I just say, yeah. if you think about that for a second, managing a capital ship, yeah, or mm -hmm. like you know being in charge of a capital ship, that's just ship simulator. That's ship management simulator. You are telling other people what to do on a gigantic ship. You're not driving it. You're not. It just. Yes. I, I don't see the appeal. Well, you see, that's the thing. I mean, it I, might have been promised, but I'm not sure I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not even necessarily so much about not seeing the appeal because I, I kind of do see the appeal of sort of strategic space games but the thing is there are other games that do that and it's really nice that with Elite they're kind of committing because what always happens with these games is people come along and they say oh why don't you do this that or the other and all they're asking for is features from other space games that they've played and enjoyed because it's as much as we criticize companies and studios, you know, whether it's film companies or game studios or any of those things, you know, we people criticize them for releasing the same stuff all the time. But then when they don't, people just ask them for the same stuff all the time. And it's enormously depressing. <laughs> I'm just thinking, um, well, it's just a sort of interest because, you know, I think I'm in the same boat as Lisa as I couldn't think, well, you know, it's, it, it depends on how you control these things, but not being in control of it is definitely not kind of the elite way. But out of interest, Lisa, do, do you read manuals? Manuals? What, like Haynes manuals? Well, not like games manuals and things, the instruction books. Oh, well, I, I guess I used to when oh, games still came one. with them. Well, no, I just heard oh, it's an important distinction that both Colin and Chris enjoy reading manuals, and I'm wondering if that hooks into this quite happy to give <laughs> commands and not fly a ship and have other no, people do it for No, them. so, like, if you think about it, game manuals, apart from all the sort of insurance liability, if you break this, it's not our problem, 
and oh here's the control map by the way I used to see if there was any interesting stuff in there, like stories or pictures. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question. I'm like, does this have anything actually interesting in it other than control schematics? No, shove it in the box, never to be seen again for like the next 15 years. And I suspect that's why people don't put manuals in boxed games anymore. Like you'll get like a, a beta code for, for another game that the publisher has shoved in the box, but that's about it. Right. Well, I just don't. I don't see the point of a management simulation in something like Elite. I, you know, other games might make hey have Starship Management Simulator, but I, I just don't see how it fits into into the Elite Dangerous sort of paradigm at all. Yeah. No, I mean, no, I mean what I was really thing. talking about was like stuff like I mean, it's been on sale for the last few days, but something like Endless Space. Like, if you want to manage a ship and a fleet of ships. There are loads of games you can go and do that in. And actually, I would say, well, with obviously a few notable recent exceptions, Elite Dangerous is one of the very, very, very few games out there that gives you a ship where you can sit in the pilot seat and fly it with a joystick and just have it as a flight simulator in space. And I don't think there's any need to particularly abstract that, you know, any further. (laughs) <laughs> on, on just on the, on the manual note because uh, Grant brought it up um, the we have to make a special announcement to Mr. Alec Turner who goes the one step further than both me and Chris in liking manuals he likes sniffing them now is that just that's just going a bit too far in my opinion <laughs> that's weird I don't, I don't think there is any preference what? that begins with the phrase I like sniffing that ends well for anybody no, no that's no what why are we what no <laughs> oh, <Good> grief. Grief. <laughs> Gosh, did you want to come in for a second not about sniffing manuals obviously <laughs> <laughs> well that's this whole bit ruined now isn't it <laughs> i don't think i can add anything to that no um, i i uh, yeah <laughs> I don't mind the smell of brand new electronics. But, you know. <laughs> oh, new car smell. That's that's a new good car one. Smell. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps that's, uh, perhaps that's the next the next thing for the next beta. We can have the uh, brand new smell spaceship vision. smell. You know. <laughs> oh, dangly air fresheners instead of bubble heads. Oh, yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, looking through the rest of the feedback that we had, we had, did have a, a did drop a couple of clues about you know, what can be expected. Um, people have been asking a lot of things about module storage, uh, which obviously is in, is in the latest beta. Uh, has anybody been using the module storage and the module transfer? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very. Uh, doesn't, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, as soon as that was in the patch notes, I was like, on there, yeah, lunch break, straight on there. Uh, no, it's, it's fantastic. It, it's definitely a much needed thing for engineers It's actually, I can see that it's turned a lot of people back on to the idea of using the engineers because it was uh, proving to be very, very difficult to get anywhere with them uh, with, without that kind of support. So the, the primary use case of it, which I see is really good because uh, I think at the moment you get something like about 30, no, 60 slots. I think it was upgraded from 30 to 60 slots in, in yeah, one of the other Um So the main, use case of it is going to be that you're working with an engineer so you can build up a module you can uh, you know maybe carry it around in one of the bigger ships fix it up get the materials you want and then just put it to one side put it on the shelf go off and work on getting the rest of the stuff that you need and the 
advantage of that is gameplay wise it means you're not carrying around uh, a ship full of uh, you know all of, all of the really rare commodities and the things that you need to, to get the engineer upgrade and stuff like that which is fantastic it means you can just kind of work on one little piece at a time uh, in, a, in a more kind of piecemeal way which i think just fits with most people's gameplay styles a lot better so i think it, it's it's really really good yeah uh the the other thing that people were asking about was actually rare commodity storage i think sandro said a kind of no to that even though there was talk about it at some point yeah yeah i mean i think there's gonna be a lot of wires crossed with it i think at the moment it's one of those things which is very much at the design and, and concepting phase they're trying to think how how it's going to fit in how it's going to work without breaking everything else and I think this is this is a a key thing that a lot of people miss when they when they want something new in the game when they ask for some feature which they see is 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 a, is a good thing and there's there's a need for it um people often forget how that's going to impact other roles other players doing other things um so at the moment i think they're very much at that stage they're they're, they're working through all the possible flaws and, and, and things that could go wrong with it and the consideration is going to be that you can store commodities that engineers require at engineer bases i think is the current consensus on on how that's going to work rather than just anything anywhere and any amount because that would be potentially game breaking for a lot of different reasons you can imagine mm. if you had an, an unlimited amount of storage you could just cash out you know the potentially wealthy players could go in and destroy a market in a, in a particular system uh, and mess around with the background simulation to, to no end and if you've got a group of players working to that end you could break so many things if the storage wasn't carefully considered so i think that's very much at that sort of stage at the moment where they're just thinking right let's just do a little bit of little bit of, uh, of a tweak here just give you you know a few slots just to put some engineer commodities in whilst you're working down that that route like with the modules uh, and then see how people pick that up and go with it well the, i mean the final point uh, on on the uh, on the live stream was that somebody asked about season three <laughs> to which the thing is we're not even going <laughs> to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a waste of a waste of your breath and a waste of your typing energy to send anything to Frontier about about what will be happening in season three. I mean we're only up to two point two, which is halfway through, really. Is so, it, uh, I was about to ask that. I was like, do we know how extensive season two is? Is it is it the same number of releases as season one, or is is that not is you know is that an assumption that we're making? I'm no, no, sure. it's. I can't, it's yeah, it's 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 been well publicised. It's on the um, the Frontier Store page as well. So we've got two point three uh, the uh, Commanders, which is coming after this, and then two point four, yeah. which is just down as a, a secret. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're you're right because they announced what the kind of main main features were, weren't they? Because the next one is um, it's multi crew, isn't it? The next one. Yeah, the avatars. And the, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh so, right, yeah. So are those two things together? Because I thought. Uh, multi crew was coming in 1.4, and then something else was coming in. Sorry, in, in 2.4, and something else was coming for 2.5. Obviously, uh, I'm getting my lines crossed there. I think five was secret. No, no, I'm pretty sure it's 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 2.3 was the uh, commanders. So that's going to be all of the thing, all of the goodness to do with uh, the avatars and all that. I mean, once the avatars are in place, multi crew makes perfect sense. You know, because you yeah. start to see each yeah. other in there. So I think all of that's uh, the plan is to all come together. Uh, 2.4, I don't think 
any information has been given out about what that is yet. So that, that's a that's a fun point of speculation. It's the secret squirrel update. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think when you're doing recruitment for your commanders, then you can specify it by particular filters, like must have a good beard, or you know, athletic build and willing to travel, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's, isn't that borderlining on 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 racism? There, sort of, will not have anybody who's. <laughs> two sets of years, he's not uh, buff yeah. enough. Two sets of years would be preferable. Um, blue skins, um, yeah, need not apply. Yeah, I suppose that would then be racist. Um, but yeah, just so you can, you know, you, you don't want to pick the pirate that looks kind of like you know a fourteen-year-old boy. Are you trying to surreptitiously advertise? <laughs> Not particularly. No. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm just asking for a friend, but if perhaps we're looking, looking for, for somebody who's like this. <laughs> yeah, I think you just be you, know, you could have the galactic game of guess who. <laughs> <laughs> Does this person have an eye patch? <laughs> then you're in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, the one final thing was that someone asked, how's the Panther Clipper going? To which the answer was, nice try. <laughs> oh. I know the Beluga is lovely. I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed flying the Beluga and uh, definitely will be attempting to, to get one. And hopefully it's got a bigger jump range than 12 light years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I can take it to Jack's. Oh, dear. I mean, I mean, it's been an awful lot of the um, uh, complaints about those transfer prices, though. But you know that was the yeah. thing. You know they have to they had to control it and restrict it in some way, and you either do that by time or by cost. And that was you know the trade off they chose cost rather than time. And then they kind of caved in a little bit to the public polls, and they now you're going to have cost and time. Oops, excuse me. <laughs> Hello, Cal again. speaking. Yeah. Um, well, that, that kind of brings us on to um, a, a little bit of a discussion point that I, that I inadvertently uh, made during today. Um, one of the things that has changed, uh, which has caused a little bit of, as you say, salt, <laughs> has been the changes to the exploration mechanics. And What's happened in the latest beta is that when you do the first class, what is categorized known as the honk, and you used to be able to get the entire system and also you, the, the planets would be filled in. So you could kind of guess at what the planet could be. Now with this beta, they are just black. You get the size of the planet. You get the, the idea that the planet is landable. But as for what the... Uh, is on the planet, you've got no idea. Uh, and this seems to have completely and utterly kicked off on the forums. Crash. Oh, yes, just a little bit. I mean, it, it, there's there's always going to be something. There's always one thing, isn't there? No, uh, I mean, first of all, I, just to clarify on some of this, because I know there's a lot of confusion on there's a lot of people uh, kind of worried that uh, this is the way it's going to be now. And, oh, my God, I can't, I can't play the game like this. Um, but no, uh, Michael Brooks came on after and said there's, there was a little bit of a, a miscommunication in beta update 7 uh, where it's, it's not working the way it's intended to work at the moment. That is just 
one fix has gone on top of another fix and it's kind of uh, excluded. So at the moment, like you said, you get the, the, the black spheres. You don't see anything in the system map after you do an advanced discovery scan. Um, so, you know, you cannot even see what kind of planet is literally just the scale, uh, which is a big problem. When you think about it, it doesn't make sense for Frontier to do it that way. And, and it's obvious that they never intended to do that, because if you go into a system where you do that in beta at the moment and you select the planet, you still get the the little icon on the HUD, which shows you what kind of planet it is. So it, it's obvious that it's it's a bug. It wasn't intended to do that. What the intended behavior is, Michael Brooks has come, confirmed, is that when you do a discovery scan in a system, uh, the ranges will still work the same and you will get the basic thumbnail that you always did in the system map. So you'll be able to see the, the planet down to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And then when you zoom in, you won't see the surface map like you, we've done in the earlier betas. In order to get the surface map, you're going to have to fly up to the planet and get the uh, de detailed surface scan completed uh, in order to get that field in the surface map. I think that's that's a good enough compromise um, that it makes it, uh, you know, work with the new features and, uh, you know, still work in a, in a familiar way. Now, there is a bit of, of confusion that I do think needs to be cleared up here. Now, I'm under the impression that um, you don't actually need a detailed discovery channel uh, scanner to actually get that surface map of the planet. Uh, is that correct? Well, I no, I think I think it does need one. Because um, <laughs> I, I was under the impression that um, what happens is that if you have a, a standard discovery scanner, not a detailed mm -hmm. one, as long as you get close to the planet, mm -hmm. uh, that planet will identify, but it will not give you all the details that uh, you would normally get with a detailed discovery scanner. So, so yeah, you, so just the chemical compositions and things. Exactly, like that. The, the chemical compositions and, and things like that. But you would get, you know, the location of some of the, not the points of interest, but the, you know, the, the outposts and, and the, the ports that are on that planet. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it goes down to um, the level of scan, because I didn't understand where a level two scan came in. Because a level yeah, one yeah. scan is the whole system, the honk, if you like. Mm -hmm. And then a level two scan is supposed to be a scan without the detailed discovery scanner. Mm -hmm. And a level three scan is supposed to be with the detailed discovery scanner. Yes. And I mean, have I got that all mixed up? No, no, I think that's, I think that's right. Um, I don't know whether the current version in the beta is working as intended though because like i said it's it's obviously bugged at the moment but yeah i mean that, that's definitely right you get the, the level two is the you don't need a scanner you just need to get close enough um for your normal ship sensors to just pick up the the planet and, and determine its its type and uh, and that kind of thing um yeah so i mean it, it's going to be interesting to see how that that comes in the in the final version but uh I, I can see a lot of the arguments back and forth on, on both sides of it. You know, there's people saying that they, they like the mystery and the intrigue of, of not knowing what the planet is until you get close enough. Um, but then on the on the other side of that fence, you get the people saying that, you know, why do that? It's just a time time sink. You know, it's, it's forcing you to have to super cruise around a system just to find the things which are worthwhile. You know, you could, you could spend all day <laughs> looking in one system with a lot of bodies in it just to try and find that that one earth like um so it, it there's arguments to inform both sides and i can see um you know why it's good but i, I tend to steer more towards the give give the player the choice you know show me the thumbnail show me the types of planets are there let me pick the ones i want to go and investigate 
closer. I think that makes absolute sense. What I would prefer to see the guys spend their time on would be giving me worthwhile reasons to head to those planets. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, that's certainly one of the things which uh, I think they're, they're going to have to look at in the future. Um, although I must admit, driving off a off the equivalent of Everest in my buggy the other day was was actually quite um, quite fun, if if not a bit suicidal. Um, I mean, the other thing that uh, has I've noticed lately is that they've actually made a couple of changes to the forums. Um, the old community goal thread has now gone. Uh, if you want to find out about community goals, they are now in their own separate forum. Uh, which can you can then comment on and the other particular item is the galnet news submission um, that's changed as well so you no longer submit to a thread you uh, you submit to this individual forum grant do you want to come in there well, yes, I just wanted to say that, you know, if you're going into the Community Goals forum, do say a hello to Commander Flossie, who is in there helping run it, and will give you and hopefully try to help you with any questions that you have regarding Community Goals. Um, I think it's a, a good step forward, actually. And, you know, it gives people that go-to area to go in and discuss it and be able to get, you know, an opportunity, which I think is important, to find other people to wing up with and to go and have some fun with as well. So I think it's a huge, huge step forward. And uh, as for the Galnet news, I suppose that they're, what they're doing is tidying the forums up to make it easy for this information to stay together, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it, it needed a little bit of an overhaul because... Um, I must admit, my my uh, subscription threads on, on my settings were getting a little bit confused. Um, we've also been told that the uh, <laughs> after Hope um, Mallow's rather colourful description of the uh, of the racetrack <laughs> from last week, um, the Paladin Consortium have put up uh, the anniversary anniversary Grand Prix. Uh, uh, video summary of of the event. So if anybody would like to uh, have a look at that, feel free, as well as joining in, uh, laughing at the actual course. Now, the the one thing that I did want to talk about tonight, though, um, again, it goes back to things that we've touched on tonight, was um, this this thing called salt, because <laughs> we've I've noticed over the last couple of uh, releases, especially uh, with um, uh, both the, the transfer, the ship transfers, and the uh, and the exploration issues, that there seems to be um, two camps that seems to be emerging on the forums. One of which, uh, this uh, is is saying that gameplay should always win, and the other one is saying that the gameplay changes are breaking their immersion. Now, a, a phrase came up during this call, which got me a little confused, called a forum dad. So, <laughs> I made the mistake of asking him on Reddit <laughs> with a with what I thought was a light-hearted twist about what is a forum dad, and boy, did I get some nasty responses to that one. Um, so, I mean, at the moment, where does everybody stand on the, on the gameplay slash immersion issue? Well, I, I thought I'll just go jump in and, and push you more on the forum dad thing because, you know, <laughs> it's just the kind of gutter press that we've come 
used to <laughs> from you, Mr. Ford. Um, oh, yes. Well, you know, Completely. I thought, I honestly thought a forum dad was a kind of term of endearment for people who just sit there, you know, kind of skimming the forums, kind of like reading a newspaper in your boxer shorts, uh, with a, you know, with a nice cup of coffee and a sandwich. And you just that's kind of just skimming through the forums and, oh, that never happened in my day. And, you know, when I was young, those games, and I thought it was that. But we've had quite a really detailed and quite unpleasant <laughs> account of exactly what it is. And I think we realise it's us. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it does seem to be a, a derogatory term, and, and and I thought it was a term of endearment for. Oh, never mind him; he's just the forum dad. He's just making sure everything's all good. Make sure the forum grows up to be a very mature and pleasant individual. <laughs> but no, no, not at all. And uh, yes. yeah, so that was a very amusing uh, thread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I must admit, I, I was not expecting the level of. Um, uh, vitriol and anger that came through. Um, I mean, some of that's the what happens of... when you poke Reddit with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> I so didn't I think thought... I had a stick. See, I, I thought I don't know if it's a term that extends beyond uh, Elite Dangerous community, but I, th I thought it was a term that came about because a lot of us, a lot of us, were complaining about whether or not the game was going to be kind of designed for the the Call of Duty generation, and there was a certain like part of the community that was sort of saying well actually you know gamers who didn't play the original 1984 elite are just as valid as any other gamers so i thought the forum dads thing kind of came about because of the old 84 players coming in on mass and saying what they thought the game should be like so i thought you know i thought you were either a forum dad or a cod wanker and you know <laughs> i, know, I, know I resemble that comment no. Stop it, we can't make up new ones. No, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, mean, I, I thought have... it was like Cod Blops, bro, or something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> Probably. Does that, does that, that you, think it might be. If, if your parents say that's enough Cod for an evening, they're a Cod Blocker. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the answers went into a great deal of detail. One, I think my top response was as someone who complains that the Atari 2600 version of E.T. didn't have enough grinding. I thought that was the best answer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes to show my age because I'm the only one who's probably played it. <sighs> but, well, uh, well, yeah. Somebody's posted the, the um, Urban Dictionary definition in chat. They, oh, excellent. Let's have a look at this. Shall I, shall I read it, it out to you? Why not? Go on. Here we go. Forum dad. Top definition. A male, usually with wife, kids and a job, who posts on video game related forums, Reddit and image boards. Forum dads usually complain about how hard things are in game. They're they're, excuse me, in the game they're currently playing because they only have two hours a week to play it. And here's a quote. Bro, have you seen all the forum dads complaining about not being able to afford a vulture in Elite Dangerous? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I hope somebody's gone and, like, edited that just for us. <laughs> I genuinely do. I, I, did you feel I have just bought a, a vulture after two years of playing this game? So, uh, I'd oh, say Chris, that's you're topical. Fair. You're so topical right now. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh. It's fair. Well, apparently, according to uh, to the chat room, it's me. 
So I'm, I'm, I've obviously kind of um... <laughs> your head forum dad. Yeah, I, I, uh, I must. Does that make me the head granddad? Forum head granddad. <laughs> <laughs> the original. God, it makes me. That makes me feel old. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> leaving the the wonderful term forum dad aside, I mean, where should this line between emerging and gameplay lie because it, it does seem to be the the tennis ball that seems to be knocked backwards and forwards over the forum again and again i think it should stop at the rim of the bucket and no further well surely, okay, surely I'm to work yeah. <laughs> if, if you were to break it down immersion's what sells you in the game and makes you want to play it and that's really all it needs to be, you know? It just needs to be the, the, the reason that you jump in is, oh, I'm going to be part of this. And it's not got points. Where it's, it's, it's kind of to help you and allow you to, to suspend belief long enough to enjoy the, what the game's got to offer. I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, if you're playing the likes of, of Populous, you're a floating hand and you can make terrain move up and down inconveniently. That was a bit of an age reference there. I just made myself a forum dad as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, in these large square chunks, and then you look at the likes of uh, Planet Coaster where it's much smoother and much more believable, is your immersion in Planet Coaster being a, you know, bodiless landscaping entity uh, believable? No, but that's... Not necessarily. The editor doesn't Shut have to up. be Shut up, I'm a landscaping god. <laughs> <laughs> but, it is, you know, it's got to be that bit that sells the game to you as immersion, isn't it? And then the, the gameplay takes over. Yeah, I think that, that, that's the thing which is... It, it always bugs me when I see the people raving about something. Oh, it's broken my immersion. It's like, well, yeah, when I when I look past the, the edge of my monitor to pick up my coffee cup, it breaks my immersion. But I don't go and <laughs> rave about it because it's like, damn it, it's just not fair. But I, I've always considered it, it's 50-50. It's the game gives you that, like you said, Grant, it gives you that initial kind of... That, environment to to have your experience in and everything like that but then 50 percent of that responsibility is you as the player you have to maintain that suspension of disbelief it's it falls onto you as much as it does the piece of entertainment you're enjoying one of these sods is going to jump in and say something along the lines of well you know the immersion starts with the with the manual oh god no no. This again. No. No. We're hey, not with the Wing there. Commander manual, nope. it did. The immersion started with the manual with Wing Commander. <laughs> uh, we're tying up the manuals, the forum dads, all in one, one nice little package. But, you know, but if you go back as far as like, if you go back as far as like the Hobbit, the Hobbit, the immersion kind of started with the fact that when you bought the game, you got a copy of the book. <laughs> And that was that was partly to immerse you in the world of the Hobbit before you played the game, and it was also because without actually having read the book recently, the game was completely impenetrable. Um, I don't know. I see. I kind of think with with the whole immersion v gameplay thing. I think gameplay. Uh, it's really difficult because I do really like my immersion, <laughs> uh, but I do think you have to make sensible choices about gameplay. You do have to go with you know, with what is fun. It's like um, at LaveCon, I was helping Cole Ford um, prototype, he was d designing a board game based on Laser Squad. Yes. And we were trying to decide some line of sight rules. And there was an easy way of describing line of sight between these two rules. And then there was a way that 
was harder to explain, but it allowed you to do some really cool stuff. Okay, so what we were basically trying to define is you could set up effectively Overwatch, and if you have a character with a melee weapon set in Overwatch, they can just hack it the person that walks past them so what we were trying to decide is because we were looking at rules to do with um how enemy units because enemy units aren't controlled by a player they have rules that determine their movement we wanted to be able to come up with a set of rules by an enemy would walk into a room and then get killed by your characters on overwatch and the reason is for that, that just is like a, an attack of opportunity in dungeons of dragons effectively yeah Effectively. But one, the, the, way, the ways of looking at the, the line of sight rules is, technically, this enemy unit, if they walk as far as the doorway, if they can see the two spaces, the other side of the door into left and right, they would stop moving before they walk through the door. And that was the kind of easy way of describing line of sight. But actually, when we came to playtest, it was like, the thing is, leaving a melee unit in Overwatch and actually tempting an enemy into your line of sight so that you can kill them using an opportunity attack, that's really good fun. So what you want to do is design the game around being able to do the things that are really good fun. Now, as a purist, you might say, well, I want 100% immersion in this board game, so all my enemies are going to stay hunkered down behind hardcover because they don't have to come and find you. But that's not fun. So you're already there, you're, you know, you're sacrificing a certain amount of immersion to make it to make it fun. And in the same way that in Elite Dangerous, you you know, it's not it's not breaking your immersion if when you get blown up in your ship you don't have to wait three months to be rescued and then spend six months in a back to tank getting healed. You know, we accept that we sacrifice a certain amount of immersion to allow you to respawn in your ship within moments of dying somewhere. So I think, I mean, as a general rule, I would say if you're complaining, if your first complaint about a new gameplay feature is because it breaks your immersion, you might need to look really hard at yourself and then think really carefully about your priorities and whether or not you're just buying a little bit too hard into your own fiction that you've created for yourself. Bearing in mind that this is a game the other day where I, you know, I passed a, an, an NPC pilot called Mace Windu. I mean, if anything is breaking my immersion in this game, it's, you know, more fucking Starbuck in a Sidewinder with Darth Maul crossover fiction appearing in my game universe. Um, but I just think, you know, I think you do have to accept that, you know, we, we games as a medium. Oh, it's difficult, though, because I do really like games with, I don't know. It is difficult, but I just think sometimes <laughs> you just have to not be, you have to not be so precious about things that if it just changes the way you see a minor aspect of a game universe, that you're just going to lose your shit and start being rude to people on forums. So that's a really forum dad thing to say. But <laughs> just think everything that we say now, we're going to be evaluating whether or not we're forum dads. <laughs> I think we definitely are. I don't think there's really any choice around it. In the same way that the last band that I was a member of, I was pretty sure that we were a dad rock band. Ooh. Because there's just Ooh, no the, escape. The ghost of rock past. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Lisa? Uh, so first of all, I, I, I don't think anybody would consider me a forum dad just putting it out there. I'm not being tarred okay, with the same yeah, brush yeah, as you guys. <laughs> um, in, the, in, in the perceived battle between immersion and gameplay, I think it's important to remember that it's not a fucking battle. Excuse my French. <laughs> they coexist 
it is a partnership. It is not one or the other. It's not a fight as much as some people would like it to be. There is compromise. And when you're coming up with gameplay mechanics, you should always try and bear the player's immersion and investment. I think investment is the important thing to pick up on here. You should always bear those in mind. It's important to always keep people engaged in what they're doing for whatever reason they're doing it. Um, and immersion can be a big part of that, but ultimately there's gotta be some give. There's always gonna be some compromise. Like ultimately it's typically for expediency sake and convenience sake. And sometimes it's because of the technology or whatever else, but typically it's for the benefit of the player. You might not feel like it's benefiting you, but in the grand scheme of things, it probably is. And at what point do you draw the line in immersion? Like, like John said, his coffee cup, if you looked at it the right way, could break his immersion. The glasses that I wear to look at a monitor could break my immersion if I were being a complete dick about it. It's where you draw a reasonable line in what you expect from an immersive experience. And it's completely different for everybody, obviously. Uh, and, and some people are sort of more hardline about it than others. But ultimately, you have to draw a line somewhere and people are going to fall out of the side of it. And that's why you think it's a fight. It isn't a fight. Just everybody has a different level of compromise they're willing to, to cede. And yeah, I mean, it's difficult. It's always going to be difficult. In any game, there is that fine line that a developer treads constantly. Constantly. That's why in things like MMOs, you get constant class rebalances because everybody's always got something to say every yeah. single time. I don't like this because it's it, you've changed the wording and so it doesn't fit my my spell ability or class or ship or, uh, you know, the name of that mineral is wrong. Um, it breaks my immersion. You just need to stop, think for a moment and go, does it really, though? That's just that's just a personal thing for me. <laughs> no, that, that's absolutely fine. It's, not, it's think... not a fight. Just everybody has a different level they're willing to accept. And people just need to maybe kind of step back a second and go, actually, is, is it really that bad? But yeah. <sighs> We've missed this kind of insight. This is also almost bordering bordering on intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, another, sorry. <laughs> another thing we've missed not having Lisa on is people in Twitch chat. Well, someone in Twitch chat is asking if you're May, and I said you get that a lot. <laughs> that happens all the time. It does. Yeah. No, I'm not May. <laughs> I'm like I'm like her stand-in. If anything, God forbid, should ever go wrong. Ah. <laughs> 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 Well, has anybody else got anything to say on this matter now? Or have we, have we really sort of come to a kind of consensus? I, I don't think it's ever going to be put to bed, this one, is it? It's always going to rage on. <laughs> but no, I, I think I just absolutely spot on what you were saying there, Lisa, definitely. And it's, I see what the developer does. It, it's a set of tools to give you that uh, that opportunity at immersion. But if you don't use them effectively, um, then, well, you know, as the saying goes, a bad workman blames their tools, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I must admit, in the chat room, things have been um, uh, basically kicking off. A lot of people have been ag agreeing with uh, 
with you, Lisa, on on this on this matter. Um, Mind wipe has been uh, quite uh, concise by saying that emotion is what you, the player, makes of it, not what you demand of it. And he's then complaining in a very forum dad way about the modern generation having it too easy. <laughs> nice way to settle the forum dad thing right there. Uh, and we've had Commander Tia time to share and sod that, make it all VR, which I'd love to, to be honest. But... <laughs> but Actually, I mean... can I just say something really exciting about VR? So a lot of people might know that the Oculus Rift makes me really, really ill. Like I get really bad motion sickness off it. Uh, and a few months ago, back in August, I got to try a, a Vive. And I was totally fine. It didn't make me throw up or anything. It was very exciting anyway. Sorry. No, that's abs absolutely fine. Well, um, moving on from this, um, I th I think for once we're kind of running out of things to talk about. So, has anybody got any other business that you would like to bring up? Should I just talk about escape velocity for the next hour? Uh, I can do that. It's quite easy. <laughs> this is where we discover somebody's written some fanfic and uh, <laughs> mailed it into the show. Maybe Foz has done that thing. No, Probably. he'll never do the thing. The vibe, the, is, thing. the vibe is excellent, and um, I just wish we'd get to the point where games were a bit more thought through for the VR experience and. Um, I think it's still so early days. Like, you know, I look at every sort of week, I have a look and see what's coming out, see if there's something that really tickles the my fancy about the vibe and gives me that experience that I'm kind of looking for. And it's like, oh, look, this one, oh, right. Well, it's a bit Minecraft. It's kind of zombie, but it's not stuck in one spot shooting oncoming waves. It's a bit more interactive, kind of like Minecraft or, or Daisy, but with Minecraft -y graphics. I'll get it. Oh, the game's not in Vive. The editor is... Well, that's a big pile of wank. I would never use the... Excuse my expression, but... <laughs> I would never use the editor anyway, so why the hell would I want to do the editor in VR? Surely that's taking an easy process and making it freaking impossible! Um, and I just find that I've not yet, not quite yet, found that game that uses it. Job simulators are really polished. The lab is very polished and gives you a really good I sample, love Job but... Simulator. Yeah, and really? it gives you it's, it's, it's a game so that works. It's, it's a awesome. game that works. And, and and it makes sense. And the archery part in the lab is just second to none. So what I'm looking for is your proper kind of Witcher game with an element where you are on the ramparts during a huge massive battle with your bow and arrow <laughs> following the instructions and firing and reloading and stuff that that that's the kind of you know, that's the real heart thumping experience of being a single cog in a massive... Imagine that in multiplayer. Everyone on the ramparts with their bow and arrows out and their vibes firing at an oncoming army of people waving their swords around with the vibes. It would just be spectacular. And we're just not there yet. And the biggest... Have any of you bought a PlayStation 1? No, I don't have a PlayStation. I thought I'm, I'm jealous of those that did. Grant, I must did, you buy, did you buy a PSVR? No, not yet. It's not, I don't play the PS often enough to be able to ah. justify that. I, I've seen some. I've been very close to them. <laughs> I want to try yeah. it. The Star Wars Battlefront mod in that one, I must admit. 
but it's just or, when, or, when, when is it going to come? I mean, it's coming up for Halloween, and I've just been lucky enough to stumble across. I think it was London Gaming for Fun was Twitch streaming uh, a very interesting sort of hut. He was in this like little cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere, and then in the shed outside there was these kind of statues of Jason in various forms and that's how I found out there's a Friday the 13th game coming very soon and it looks disgustingly disturbing and I had to get it um, so <laughs> I've pre-ordered it because one of the things I've, I've been really enjoying is the multiplayer aspect in Dead by Daylight Yep, which is great fun it's just again these games they're, they're it made, it made so one of my top good. Halloween games uh, my top Halloween game list for for this year, um, or releases for this year, it's in that one. So yeah. Incidentally, um, Commander Human has the most amazing parody for that game, uh, which is based on hooking the hooked on a feeling, but it's called Hooked and I'm Bleeding. Um, <laughs> oh no! And it's is, that, is, that, is that Commander Human the master of parody songs? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> yes, fantastic. <laughs> We'll just leave Grant there to steam for a little while longer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah. I could have dragged business? this show out. I could have dragged this show out for an hour, <laughs> and now I'm not gonna. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I still love you. He's got the flounce. Don't flounce. Oh dear. Well, I think I'm afraid to say. We might have actually come to the end of, end of uh, our discussion for tonight. Uh, I'm not aware of any new community groups and, and things doing stuff. We did want the, um, what was it, the Earth. I have to be very careful about this because um, the initials spell something in real life is not nice. But the uh, Earth Defense Fleet, so the Elite Dangerous, the EDF. Um, they were going to go uh, uh, discuss that the incident that we were discussing with Canon last week, they had a different point of view in it. So hopefully next week we'll be able to discuss that with them. Um, but I think as far as for tonight, has anybody got any final things to say? Joking aside, I should probably do a proper Escape Velocity shout out because I keep coming on and saying, oh, yeah, there's an Escape Velocity thing. Go and do this. Um, and then like other backers and my wife are like, have you actually told people what happens on the Escape Velocity Patreon? I'm like, no, I probably haven't actually really told anyone what happens. Um, so shall I do that? Is that all right? Yes. That is absolutely fine. Shall I, shall I have a platform? Okay, so um, I've mentioned previously that Escape Velocity is supported by Patreon. Basically what that means is um, it's a bit like Kickstarter. Everybody pledges a certain amount of money, but instead of it being a one-off thing for a um, like a one-off project, obviously Escape Velocity is 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 ongoing. Um, so it's a it's a kind of it's like a slightly smaller pledge, and the idea is every time an episode gets released, that money then comes over to the Radio Theatre Workshop. Um, so what I've got for the Escape Velocity Patreon is a whole bunch of different levels. Um, I really appreciate you know anything anybody can give because it's all really helpful in getting the show kind of able to still be made. Um, basically, at the, the the very top tier, you've got. Um, when the episode comes out, I'll send you like a, a high quality version because the version that goes out as a podcast is only 128 bits and it's got like adverts and stuff on it. Uh, and obviously the 320k bit version is just the just the episode. 
and is in high quality. You've then got the the next level up. You've got some. We do some like in-game activity stuff. In fact, I'm going to be doing it shortly um, with some backers. Um, so we have like in-game events and we have a private group. And we're sort of constructing a new Escape Velocity meta plot in the kind of current present timeline in Elite. Uh, next level up off the top of my head is the the private viewings. So this is when the episodes go out on a on live on a Sunday night. We have like a private premiere room um, with like a stream on on YouTube, and there's like a chat room in there, and I'm in there, and people can ask me questions, and we do like a Q and A web chat at the end thing. Uh, I think next level up is like behind the scenes photos and, and like outtakes and interviews. So I record interviews with the actors when they come and take photos of them and we do little video diaries and all that kind of stuff that's in there. And then next level up is um, copies of the scripts. So not paper copies of scripts because obviously is only one of those and someone is snaffling them all. Um, but the uh, there, there is a level where basically I, I scan the director's script in, which has got all my handwritten notes and scrawling on. So you get like PDF scans, you get sorry JPEG scans of the actual director's script, and you also get a PDF copy of the recording script. Uh, and that's basically everything. I mean, there are a couple of levels higher up. You can um, you can name a character that appears in the show, and you can also get a player group advert. And there's obviously only like one or two of those available each week. Um, so I, I tend to advertise when those become free because the idea is that someone supports that for like one week and then stops supporting at that level. So they're limited, but they, they do kind of come and go. So that's really the Escape Velocity uh, Patreon in a nutshell. I mean, really what it's about is as I'm producing this show, I'm kind of keeping all the Patreon backers you know, in the loop about the decisions I'm making with the series, the current things I'm working on. The other thing I do for the backers at the the private viewing level um, is on the off weeks between episodes, because it's it's fortnightly, is like I say, I do these things where I do like a stream where I edit like a scene from Escape Velocity. I, I sort of edit it in front of you and I and I answer questions about what I'm doing and I kind of talk you through what I'm doing. So it's covered such things as not just realising I haven't actually recorded with an actor that I thought I recorded with, um, but it covers things like, you know, the dialogue edits that I do. We've done some music scoring stuff. I've shown people what kind of sound effects I record from the game, what I use them for, um, a whole bunch of stuff, really. Um, and then I think, you know, the people who've been backing and have been watching those streams have then kind of really enjoyed listening to the episode and hearing that little bit of the scene that they kind of saw me edit, because in context they can kind of see... Um, you know what I was talking about and what it's all about so uh, I you know I hope everybody on the Patreon is having a really good time um, you know in the way of things I don't always hear back from everybody um, but they're all still there and they all still seem to be liking the show so um, yeah and I'm um, you know if more people the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned uh, it really helps me and it helps keep the show on the air um, and uh yeah, that's that. So it's patreon.com forward slash radio theatre workshop. That's the link directly to the Patreon. Um, you can also link to it from if you go to escapevelocity.laveradio.com, which is where all the, the, the episodes are for download. You can link to it from there. Um, and yeah, there are there are T-shirts and mugs and things on my other site, which is um, www.radiotheatreworkshop.com. That will help support the series as well. So do go and take a look if you like Escape Velocity. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Crash, have you got something to add? 
Yeah, just one teeny, teeny bit of news about Elite. I see there's uh, some confusion. Some people didn't realize this had already happened in-game. But if you've been following along with the uh, community goals to build uh, stop-off points along the way, uh, the Colonia network, I don't know if you guys have been reading about this, so to bring some little star points on the way to Jacques Station, 22,000 light-years away from the from the bubble, so it's, it's a heck of a trip. Um, those stations have actually been added into the live game already. They are available, um, but you may not be able to uh, search for them in the galaxy map yet. There is a forum thread going around, though, uh, giving you the locations of the system names, and of course there are these really pronounceable system names that I won't even attempt to say here. Uh, but yeah, do have a search on the on the forum for the Colonia network, and you can see those uh, those little land stations are there. They, they are uh, land-based outposts only at the moment. Oh right. Oh, one fun one fun thing I wanted to ask about the system map. You know that they've added in these new structures, and you know the CQC structures and the planetary structures. Oh yes, yeah. Are those available in the system map so you can see them, or is it just a case of you'll be lucky if you find it if you already they, know? Uh, yeah, they 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 show up as navigation points in the in your left hand panel i don't believe they show up in the system map as selectable targets because right. i think you, you have to be within a certain range of uh, of scanner range to be able to see them even in supercruise um but yeah i think the reason for that is is, is they they change states quite frequently uh, in that you know you can go to a system which has a uh, a dry dock in it where you'll see a capital ship being repaired that will mm -hmm. only be there if the system is in a certain state. Oh. So, yeah, so I think some some of these structures will kind of move and change more dynamically than, than the space stations. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some of that going on, which is why they don't show up in the system. Ah, so. oh, um, that answers my final question for the, for the night. Um, <laughs> well, and I think there's just one final thing to say, and that's um, it's now approaching the 5th... Is it the 5th of November that Commander Hobermallow is doing his his special bike ride. It is indeed, yes, that's correct. Yes, well, the the, well, the 5th of November, he, he as everybody who was listening to Live Radio last week knows, Chris Carpenter, or or Commander Holber Mallow, as he corrected uh, Ben quite a lot last week, <laughs> um, is doing his charity bike ride. Uh, we'll give him another shout-out. Uh, if you want to... Uh, Send some cash his way. You can find his Just Giving page at https www.justgiving.com slash fundraising slash s-h-s-e-t-g. Don't ask me what it means, uh, but I'm sure that you'll find out as we go along. So, Super Hoba special effect team, go! It is. It sounds like Battle of the Planet's gone really wrong. <laughs> He's been watching far too much anime, I must admit. Anyway, moving on. That's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook slash Lave Radio, and Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to http tinyurl.com Lave Radio. Or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come out to ha uh, hang out for a chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 20.30, British Standard Time, and streamed out on HTTP, laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Lisa, thanks to Chris, 
thanks to Grant and thanks for our visitor Crash and thanks to those commanders that have joined us both in chat and on Twitch. So until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. It's good. Ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, There's a painful feeling through the side of me. Tears are welling in my eyes. Can you set me free? When he hunts me in the dead of night, won't let me go. Though I try to fight Galnet News Digest, 18th of October, 3302. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, she ain't no lady no more. More space tourists. Colonia truck stops open ahead of schedule. She ain't no lady no more. Rebellious child of the Empire, Kahina Loren, is no longer a senator, and it has been suggested by a highly placed official that she's no lady either. Arrested last month for the attempted murder of Admiral Petraeus, Loren has been held in prison in Achenar. Having now been stripped of her title, as a consequence of abandoning her responsibilities during the prison system uprising last year, she'll be tried not on capital, but in her home system prison which is governed by Ambassador Cuthric Delaney, largely on behalf of Admiral Petraeus. While the Admiral has not given any commitment that Loren will receive a fair trial, 
he has at least confirmed that imperial law will be followed to the letter. More space tourists. Another expedition is soon setting out in the direction of the Formidine Rift. The Earth Expeditionary Fleet's stated aim is to search for two supernova remnants, Cassiopeia A and Tycho's star. While this may sound like a noble scientific endeavour, the real reason for the expedition has quickly become apparent. A spokesman for the space tourists, Commander Jayotu, said this is not space tourism. The expedition to Cassiopeia A will take us into an area of space referred to as the Formidine Rift. Commander Jayotu's comments strongly suggest that the expedition would fall under the Federal Astrocartography Department's description of ill-prepared grubby spacers pursuing ridiculous myths. Both the Astrocartography Department and the Sirius Corporation, both of which once supported independent explorers, now appear to see them as a nuisance. The expedition will be setting off from Chi Orionis in early November. Colonia truck stops open ahead of schedule. In an astonishing feat of quick-build engineering, Latugara PLC has opened the six truck stops en route, from Sol to the Colonia Nebula, well ahead of schedule. Colonia is, for many commanders, an opportunity to start anew, away from the cares and infighting of the old worlds in what they call the bubble. The week-long haul to reach Colonia, which is centred around Jack's station, has put many commanders off visiting. But with landing and refuelling stations roughly every 4,000 light-years along the route, the journey becomes a much easier proposition. Locations of the new planetary stations, all of which require planetary approach suites fitted, are Hillary Depot in Blue Thua AIA C1410, Amundsen Terminal in Lagoon Sector NIS B410, Eagles Landing in Eagle Sector IRW D1117, Sakakawa Spaceport in Skudai CHB D1434, Gagarin Gate in Gru Haipu KST D331, Polo Harbour in Braunst KSS C2959. And that's this week's Galnet News. We read the Galnet News, but can't pronounce all the words. Marquee Music, a full hour of oral ecstasy that'll cascade through all your senses and leave you tingling for more. Now saddle up and enjoy the ride, only on Hutton Orbital Radio. <laughs> 